Good morning. Hey, welcome to At The Movies and Greenville First Christian Church. How many of you have ever seen The Sandlot? Hopefully most of you. Uh, what's interesting, uh, movie critics have declared, many of them, that The Sandlot is the greatest baseball movie of all time. That's hard to believe even because it's not about a real baseball team, but, but so be it. It's also been identified as one of the greatest feel-good summer movies ever. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great movie for the entire family. If you've ever played baseball, it brings back memories. Maybe you played baseball at a park with a real team, you know, uh, growing up, but whether you're eight or nine or 18, it brings back memories. If you've played just in the backyard with a buddy, it'll bring back memories. It brings back memories of those uh, amazing wins and some of those terrible disappointments. But in the end, here's why we're going to look at it today. It celebrates relationships, friendships. It celebrates the power of team. It celebrates uh, what happens whenever a team comes together, and some teammates will take risk on behalf of, of the whole team. It's an amazing what can happen. And from the start day, I want you to know we're thankful that you're here. In the middle of the summer, the end of July, a lot of times people will check out of church. I'm so thankful that you're like, hey, I want to be a part of the team today. Uh, some of you are here maybe for the first time in a long time. We welcome you back. Maybe you're here for the first time. We're in this new uh, series called at the movies. We're going to look at five movies over the next five weeks, but here's the reason we're doing it. We're going to apply biblical truth to our lives. Uh, the, the movie is just a, a starter. It's an illustration, but there's truth in this from God's word that we need to live out. Here's the main truth for today, and don't miss this. A real friend sticks closer than a brother from Proverbs 18.24. It's this idea in today's world, and it's been this way for uh, thousands of years. You can have all kinds of friends, especially on social media, hundreds if not thousands of friends, but, but what the Word of God says, those friends will often leave you hanging, the friends of the world, but a real friend sticks closer than family. Some of you know what that feels like. Your real friend is here with you today. Maybe they're sitting next to you. Uh, maybe you uh, served with them during uh, our education hour and you trust them and, and they're here in worship day and you get it. Others of you are like, man, I don't know what a real friend looks like. I've given up on relationship. I've been let down. I've been hurt. I've been time and time again. It just has not worked out. I I'm done with friendship. So here's my desire that you would be open up to what God's word would say a, a real friend looks like, not only with others, but most importantly with Jesus. Because he's the friend that, that really sticks closer than anyone. Our, our movie for today kicks off in 1962. Um, and it's in a suburb of L.A. At the beginning of the movie, we see this fifth grade boy named Scotty Smalls. And he's moved to this new suburban area. Um, his mom has just remarried uh, to a stepdad. And they've got like a strange, uh, hard relationship. But he moves to town and he knows no one. So his mom is really working with him. Uh, hey, uh, Scotty, you got to get out. You got to restart here. Why don't you go play some baseball, make some new friends? And that's where we pick up the movie here with the Sandlot. Most of us have a memory a little bit like that. That moment where it felt like everyone was laughing. Maybe they really were laughing at you, and, and you, you can't forget that. Maybe it was the time when you were picked last for the team, or you weren't picked at all for the dance. And the memory's hard to let go of. It happens in our world. Our world is hard. We often don't feel welcomed or wanted in the world. One of those moments for me happened back in 1987 in Montgomery, Indiana. Um, I was 10 years old, 
and it was time for selection of the nine and ten year old Montgomery All-Star team. I mean, they had uniforms and the stirrups, the spikes, everything. It, it was it was the elite team in our whole town of like 500, right? You know, and so uh, it was time to select that team. I made it as a nine year old with ten year olds because they didn't have many kids in the grade above me. But the nine year old group was was better than us. We weren't a very good group, the ten year olds. And to my surprise, when the roster came out, who was on the team, I did not make the 9 and 10-year-old all-star team as a 10-year-old. And I was crushed. I mean, you just made the team. All my friends were on the team. It's what you did for the next month. You went over, you went to Shoals, you went to Lagoda, you went to Washington, Indiana, and you played on the all-star team. You were in the paper. I mean, it was a big deal, and I didn't make it, and I felt about this big. And some of my friends laughed at me. My brother really laughed. My brother's two years younger, so he would have been eight at the time. What really he thought was funny, uh, of the nine and 10-year-olds that were selected, uh, some of the nine-year-olds that beat me, uh, he, he was pretty close to because they were close to his age, but one he was particularly interested in that they beat me uh, because it was a girl. A nine-year-old girl beat me in the, in the 10-year-old all-star program, and it felt terrible. It's hard to be laughed at, left out, and overlooked. Here's one thing we want you to know today. If you're here, maybe for the first time in a long time or the first time ever, we don't want you to feel overlooked. We want you to feel welcomed. We, we want to get to know you. We want you to get you plugged in. So Ben talked about those connect cards. It's not something we just talk about. If you're new here, we want to know your name and your phone number. We want to connect with you. Uh, grab coffee or lunch or anything. We want to get to know you. Put a, put a prayer request down. You are valuable. It's one of our biggest values here as a leadership. And it's simple, but you need to know this. We value all people. We value you. It doesn't matter uh, your last name. It doesn't matter if you made the all-star team. It doesn't matter how much money your family has or how much it doesn't have. It doesn't even matter if you're a Cubs fan or Cardinal fan or Republican or Democrat. You are valuable, amen? You're valuable. And we want to know you. And Christ values you. And we don't want you to be overlooked or left out. I want you to know this. The staff and elders prayed for you specifically this week. Coming off of vacation Bible school, we imagine, we envision that someone's here for the first time maybe ever, to a normal worship service. And we want you to feel welcomed, even when it maybe feel like you don't fit in. We want to give you a glimpse through the Word of God, the hope that we have in Jesus and how it changes lives. It matters. I believe one of the concepts that we see all throughout the Sandlot is all throughout the Bible as well. Uh, we were created for relationship. We were. It's in the Scripture. It's, it's in the Word of God. Look at Genesis chapter 1. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I mean, this passage, two verses, is loaded with truth. But what we're going to focus on today is that God created us to be like him. It doesn't mean we're God in any way, but there's characteristics. We're made in his image. And one of the big things we can see about who God is in this very first verse is, he was in relationship before we were even thought of. He was in relationship with himself. Now, he wasn't just talking to himself like we talk to ourselves, and so that's a whole other story. You can take care of that later. But, but God was talking to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, let us make humans in our image. We were made for relationship. And then in chapter 2 of Genesis, the very next chapter it says the lord said it is not good for man to be alone 
Now, some of you debate that. I'm looking for a few hours alone. You know, you may be like, hey, I'm ready for a getaway. I need, I need like a, uh, just a breath of alone. That's not what he's talking about. He's not even talking about uh, specifically in the big picture uh, of that everyone will have to be married. In fact, in the New Testament, uh, the Word of God says that sometimes it's best not to marry. But what it's talking about is we were not made to live in isolation. That was one of the weird things about the last like three years. Uh, the world told us you're better off if you are alone in isolation. That's not how we're made. We're made to be together. I would, I would venture to guess if you would say, hey, this is what I'm most thankful for. It wouldn't be the car or the 10-year-old all-star championship. It wouldn't even be for your bank account. It may not even be for your health. I would guess what we're most thankful for is those dearest relationships. The ones that can go away like that. Cherish those relationships. We were made for relationships. God has created us after him to be in relationship, not only with him, but with one another. Followers of Christ, we are made to build each other up, to be strong in relationship. One of the goals of our church as leaders is not to have hundreds of people sitting in the pew on Sunday morning. It's not even to have maybe thousands watching online. If you're watching online today, when we get to the clips, they're going to go blank. Um, and that's just, we, we, we'd love for you to be here to watch them with us, but all month we don't have the rights to show them on YouTube. Uh, there's something to be said occasionally. There, it's better when we're together. We're, we're glad you're online, but there's things that we just can't share. It's also candy if you, if you come on, in, 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 you know, on Sunday morning. But we desire to be in strong relationship, to be connected. Think about it this way in, in, in light of the sandlot. We all need a Benny. We all need a Benny, don't we? I, I love what Benny says. Just stand out there, stick out the glove in the air, and I'll take care of it. We all need a friend like Benny, the one who will go the extra mile to see that you're successful whenever you're not prepared, whenever you're not equipped, whenever you've never done it before. When you don't even know what to say, we need someone to just fill in that gap. How many of you have a Benny in your life right now? Go ahead and raise your hand. You feel like you got somebody that, that will, will step in and fill the gap? Guys, we all need a Benny. Maybe here's the question that we could raise the number of people that could raise their hand. How many of you are a Benny to someone else? The way we can make the first number go up is all of us say, I, I am a Benny. I'm an encourager of someone that, that is uncomfortable, that, that is being left out. Maybe he's even being laughed at. Maybe she doesn't know where she fits in. I'm going to step up and, and care for that person. We can all be that person. You know what we call that at church right now? It's our, it's our growth strategy. It's called growing young, walking with one. Uh, when you're walking with someone younger in the faith, you become the Benny. You become the, the Christ-like character, and they're growing as you follow Christ as they follow you. That's what Paul talks about in Scripture. We're going to grow young, walking with one, and we're all called to do that as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Paul puts it this way. Excuse me, Peter does. He says, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you have. Be ready to give the reason for it, but do it gently and with respect. When you begin to follow Christ, whether it's been one day or, or 80 years, people will pay attention and be ready to give an answer for the reason you're following Christ and the reason you have hope in him. And do it, though, with gentleness and respect. And I think that respect often involves, hey, do you want to walk with me? Do you, do you, do you want to, uh, for me to help you see what I'm doing as I follow Christ? 
For others of you, you're not following Jesus yet, but you can still be a Benny right now. You're not off the hook here today. If you're a good person, uh, regardless if you follow Jesus or not, which that is the ultimate goal because that's the way to heaven. If you want to be a good person, have an impact, be a Benny to someone. You could say, I'm going to invite someone just to hear about Jesus next week. I want to encourage someone. I want to, to do life with someone. Take someone under your wing and be an encourager. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, encourage one another and build up one another. The best way to build someone up is to be in a relationship. Oh, you can do building by pointing fingers and making commands, but the best way to build someone up is be in a relationship where they look up to you and encourage them. Had a surprise this morning. My coach from high school is here. I don't know if he's still in the room. Uh, coach Hughes, are you here? Raise your hand. There he is over here. Mr. Hughes surprised me during Sunday school. Mr. Hughes was an encourager to me and also a great disciplinarian. If he would yell out the word stance right now, I'd get on the floor and start doing defensive drills like you've never seen, just ingrained in my memory. But my senior year, he encouraged me because I trusted him, and he said, hey, I think you're going to pray during the sports banquet. I said, I don't think so. And he pushed me to pray during the sports banquet. He may not even remember that. That was during a time when I couldn't even speak in public, let alone in a crowd with adults and my peers. But he pushed me. He encouraged me. I wonder who you are encouraging, who you're pushing to say, hey, walk with me. I think you have gifts and abilities to make a, a, a case for Christ. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope you have. It's based in relationship. Jesus did it. You're like, well, Jesus didn't need it. Yes, he did. He didn't even have like nine guys he hung out with. He had 12 other men who were following him as they did God's will. It makes all the difference when we work together as a team, doesn't it? You see it in Vacation Bible School last week. You see it in mission trips. You see it as you cross the street just with a buddy to go help a, a woman in need. We have so much more confidence when we have a partner, a buddy that we're walking with. And I want to encourage you to walk with somebody. I saw it last week after uh, VBS Sunday, Family Sunday. This stage was full of like 80 kids. Uh, they didn't even have enough room to sit over here after a Vacation Bible School uh, program. And you're like, well, that was just for the families and grandparents and aunts and uncles and moms and dads to come and watch. No, there were young people in the room, like 20-somethings. I left service that morning, was out in the hallway greeting some people, and then I walked down the hallway to the commons area, and over to the corner in one of the uh, new seating areas, uh, there was this girl that I know, a young woman, not a child anymore at all, a young woman working in the community. Her name's Rachel, and she was waving me down. She's like, Tyson, come over here. I want you to talk to one of my friends. She, she wants to know about following Jesus. She's thinking about getting baptized. So we sat down and talked for uh, just a few minutes. And boy, she was asking all the right questions and her heart was in it. So I said, hey, do you have time to come into the office tomorrow at one? And they agreed to come in. Rachel helped Paige take her first step in, in talking to someone to the next step about what it means to follow Jesus. Even though they were doing it on their own, they were like, hey, we want to take another step in this. And, and Rachel helped Paige. Well, strangely enough, though, the next day, I don't know the details, but Rachel was unavailable to come in to talk to me with Paige. So Paige is like, I'm going to call one of my other friends that goes to church named Dima. You probably know Dima. So Dima and Paige come in, and we have this conversation uh, on 1 o'clock last Monday. And Paige accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and she's going to be baptized in just a few moments. And I give glory for Rachel and Dima ready to walk with their friend and get her closer to Jesus. Let's praise God for that. So Paige, if you'd come up, um, Paige has agreed she's going to make this confession of faith right now, 
And this has very little to do with me sealing the deal on Monday. You know, she already had all the, you can go ahead and hold that. She had all the right questions in her mind. She was trusting Jesus. And I just like connected the dots, but I'm thankful for her friends, Rachel and Dima, for, and other friends, many, maybe many of you who have said, hey, I want Paige to walk with me in this. And that's what it's about. So right now, let's make that great confession about what you believe about Jesus. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him. And I accept Him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. Congratulations. Guys, that's what it looks like a lot. A lot of times I, I, I get to be the one that takes the confession of faith, but it's friends walking with friends that makes the difference. Who can you encourage? Who can you become a Benny to, 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 to brighten their day, to walk with? Guys, it's paying off. You might say, well, th- those are young adults. Those are 19, 20-somethings. Uh, that's, that's the stage of your life. Guys, you never grow out of walking with someone, do you? Boy, that was weak. <laughs> do we ever grow out of walking with someone leading them to Christ? No. No, we don't. What a great opportunity. I, I want to celebrate that. We also need friends like Benny because there's going to be hard points. There's points in the movie where there's great triumph, and there's points when, spoiler alert, they, they run out of even ability to play. The reason they can't play uh, for a period is they have lost all the baseballs to the beast. And so they're out of balls, so they're like, guys, we can't play. And that's whenever you need a friend. That's why Small's like, hey, I really want to fit in with the group. My stepdad has a ball in his like trophy room that was just given to him from a friend. And something, some, for some reason, she wrote her name, Baby Ruth, on it. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be back to get this ball. So watch this. Now, I know there's a lot of lines from the Sandlot that are in pop culture, you know, like, forever. You guys know that one? Or Smalls, you're killing me. But I think this is the most underrated line of the entire movie. I think we've seriously underestimated the beast. Now, I don't think the movie makers had originally intended to have a a deep spiritual meaning. And, And I know this illustration can be taken too far, but as your spiritual coach today, I think we need to draw in and huddle up for a second, and and I think we need to evaluate this this truth. As we go out into the world in just a few moments, we cannot underestimate the beast. I think we have tremendously underestimated the beast. And I'm not talking about a dog across the street. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that in this world, Satan is going around seeking who he can devour, seeking whose lives he can ruin. Uh, we are in a spiritual battle. It's not a game, and it's with the devil. Jesus says this in John 10, the thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John 10, 10. He is talking about the devil, the thief. It's not a game. It's a spiritual battle of life and death. You know, Squint, just a little bit ago, he says, this is a matter of life and death. Guys, this is a matter of life and death. We've got to realize that it's not a game, but we're in a spiritual battle with evil forces. Here's what Peter says to do in in relationship to this reality. He says, stay alert. He screams that, stay alert. Watch out for this great enemy, the devil. 
He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that the family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. So next time you're tempted, next time uh, life is a struggle, next time you feel like you're being attacked, you're not alone. We're in this together. And Christ is able to pull us through if we stand strong. Here's four truths that I want to see there. They're already underlined. This first one is this. Stay alert. Stay alert that Satan in spiritual battle is coming after your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, everything. Stay alert and be aware that he is real. And then stand firm. Uh, Stand firm in your faith against him. A lot of times we think, well, we've just got to hope that we can survive until uh, Jesus returns back. And hopefully we've got enough room before we get pushed off the cliff. No, God is saying in his word that through the truth of his word and the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in you, you can stand firm against Satan. He does not have to push you back. In fact, the word of God says this, that the gates of hell don't even prevail against the church. It's this idea that when we're based on the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ, the church through the good news will witness to the world and we will actually make ground against the gates of hell. So stand firm and be strong in your faith. Now here's the key to our faith. It's Jesus. When you are tempted next time or there's a spiritual battle going on, you feel overwhelmed, you feel wore out, you need to stand firm and be strong in your faith in Jesus Christ. And literally say this, declare it out loud. This is a great tool my mom gave me years ago. When you feel like you're in a battle, a spiritual battle, and you're being beaten up or tempted beyond what you can hold, in the name of Jesus, declare that Satan has no ground in your life. Uh, Simply say this. Jesus has the power of my life, and Satan, you have no place in the authority of Jesus. You could even say it simpler than this. Satan, you have no place in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. And for a moment, that breaks spiritual bonds that are happening. But a lot of times, we try to get through it on our own, think we can handle temptation and sin. And before long, he has destroyed relationships. He has destroyed our heart. He has numbed our minds. And we need to stay alert, stand firm, and be strong in our faith. And finally, remember, you're not alone. Your brothers and sisters around you are in a very similar battle. We need to support them. We need to work together. Know that you are not alone in this. We need each other. That's what the church is for. That's what our brothers in Christ are for. Uh, Let someone know that you've got their back today. This is my one piece of mandatory uh, to do. Make sure that you're a Benny to someone today and say, I've got your back if you ever need anything. That, that could mean the world to that person today. If you want to take that a next step further, literally pray for them. If they're like, yeah, I've got this struggle, and then they say, hey, I, I do need your help, and they, they tell you about a surgery coming up or maybe a relationship problem, don't just be like, okay, I'm there for you. Actually pray for them on the spot. You're like, well, that would be what a pastor does. No, we all can do that to our friends, for our friends. Always be willing to take the next step for our friends and serve them. Our mission is pretty clear here. It's love God, love people, serve all. And Benny was ready to do that. He stepped out of his comfort zone, we're going to see, and risk his life for his friends. Watch this. Wow. My prayer is that you, someone here today, has a wow moment. And realize the mess that's before you in relationships and what the world's done that Jesus has been the one that has risked everything for you to have a wow, abundant life. Those boys never would have dreamed they'd had that many, those many balls to play with over the next few summers. 
Some of you can't dream about having relationships that are healthy again, maybe with a spouse or maybe a friend or anyone for that matter. But here's the most important thing. You first are called to have a relationship with Jesus, the one who laid down his life so we could live. Jesus said this right after he says, hey, remember there's this thief that's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And it will happen if you stay ignorant to that, if you, if you just pretend it's not uh, going to affect you. That will happen. But here's the good news. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd laid down his, lays down his life for his sheep. So no matter what's happened in past relationships, Jesus has the ability to set you free for new perfect relationships through him. When he laid down his life for us, he took on our sins so we might live. I want to invite you to be a part of the team. Not just here in this building, not just at Greenville First Christian Church, but the team to follow Christ. And we can walk in this together. You might say, well, I don't have a glove that would fit. My hat's weird. Nobody would understand me. I don't know what to do. It's okay. Just keep showing up. Keep walking with us. Some of you might be thinking, but I don't know what you believe. To be honest, you don't know what you believe. I want you to know what we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son, living God. What you just heard Paige declare for herself, that Jesus came to save Paige and came to save everyone who would accept him as their, their Savior. And through his gift of grace, what he did for us on the cross, that he shed his blood so our sins could be uh, not just covered over but wiped away, we can live. And that's wow. Jesus ends up saying, and a few chapters later, and Johnny says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for you. Would you stand and sing with me today and sing with those around you? If you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, if you want a restored relationship with him and others, man, claim that today. Be a part of the team, and let's walk together following Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you for this chance to worship you. I thank you for Paige's decision to be baptized, to give her life to you. Lord, if someone else is here to make that decision, I pray that they would move and be a part of us walking, following your son, Jesus. His name we pray. Amen.